This is a very important continuing conversation because me and Jim are going to make some serious confessions and admissions that you may never have heard uh, gamers or, you know, uh, say before. Uh, before we get to our confessions, I'm Michael Dismuke. I'm a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures RPG, a blogger on continuing missions, which is the number one RPG for Star Trek Adventures and Captain's Log. And I'm the lead writer on Captain's Log solo RPG. And we have with us, of course, the unforgettable Jim Johnson. Hey everybody, Jim Johnson. I'm the project manager and line editor for the Cap Captain's Log Solo RPG and the Star Trek Adventures. Boy, I've lost track of what I am, <laughs> what I do. It's been a while. Uh, Jim Johnson, I'm the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG and the Captain's Log Solo RPG, both published by Midifius Entertainment. Low these many years. We are starting uh, year eight now, so we're just uh, cranking on here. Uh, I know it's uh, what we're recording this first week in November. And uh, 2023 is coming to a rapid close here, which is hard, hard to believe and hard to imagine. But uh, here we are. And I'm also co-host of this year's show with Michael. A hundred plus episodes. We had our hundred episode extravaganza not too long ago. So hopefully you mm -hmm. had a chance to check that out. If not, the recording is available. So go do that. And uh, we are here with a very special episode of continuing conversations uh, and what it is is you know uh basically me and jim have talked about it offline before where we are victims of our own success especially jim right so jim just tell me just so that we can frame this conversation when was the last time you actually got to play in an rpg game actually play so not being a game master like actually playing in something either or either or well it's been it's been a year plus since i last game mastered anything and the last thing i game mastered was star trek adventures uh and playing i think the last time i played anything was um it was when troy mm -hmm. ran the one shot of his uh, 2d 20 world builders game which was called ashland exactly yeah Ash Ashland, I think I'm pretty sure it's uh -huh. Ashland. It's like Ashland. It is. It's totally Ashland. Ashland. Yeah. And then right is. before that, Al ran me in uh, Sentience, which was awesome. You know, both of those were awesome, awesome, fun games. Because uh, I think they, I think I did those after we did our last session of Captain's Log on our Correct. on our collaborative thing, which is what we're here to talk about. Right. And, and so what I want what, what I want to admit is I haven't been able to play RPG for about six weeks. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I get the privilege of doing work for STA. I have some personal projects going on. Also, real life happens at work and I run out of time. And, mm -hmm. and so this this episode is a get real episode with all of our fans who tune in for the show, because sometimes that happens. And if you've been tuning into continuing conversations for a while, you know that myself and Jim, coming out of the excitement of Captain's Log, we started the adventures of the USS Saratoga. I think we did two or three episodes. We did one, Session Zero, where we set up the characters, and then we did two episodes of, of us walking through the scenes. Yep. And that's been two months since we've done that, by the time we're recording this. And so when myself and Jim got on tonight, honestly, we got on like, what, what happened? What were we doing? Who are our characters? <laughs> And we want to talk about honestly that this can actually happen. And what's right. funny, this actually happened in my personal solo RPG game too, because what happened is I again got into a break and I was rolling and then narrating and rolling the narrating that really slowed me down. And so we're going to talk tonight 
honestly about this situation, right, Jim, and how we can get around this. Absolutely. And and just, you know, like, like, like Michael, you just shared a personal anecdote, personal anecdote for me, this made me feel like a player. Cause like when I was running Star Trek adventures for, for a while, I mean, even other Star Trek games prior to Star Trek adventures coming out. Uh, I, I, as a game master, I was always really good about recording our sessions. I had a little dinky, you know, news, news reporter style, digital voice recorder that I couldn't plug into my computer, right? I just, I had to, I had to listen to it and dictate or I had to listen to it and transcribe. Uh, but anyway, so I had, you know, um, historically I would record all my sessions and then invariably my players would come to the next session and be like, uh, what happened last session? What did we do? What, what was going on? It's like, well, you know, I, I put the recording up online for you to go listen to. And I also published a transcript on there. So you can go look, you could look, did you not look at any of that stuff? Of course not. Cause who's of got time? Not. Hey, who's got time to listen to a three hour recording? boring right. and then who's got time to, to read a transcript of bullet points boring no one has time for that they just want to play right and, and so like i'm feeling it from the opposite direction now it's like oh, i didn't i didn't go read our recap i i didn't listen to our past episodes i don't have time for that i've got i mean just like you i've got i've got life i've got day job i've got sta stuff coming out the wazoo all over the place working on for next year and 25 so like i mean you guys are people are probably worried that stuff's not coming out but like trust me there's stuff coming out we just haven't announced it yet but trust me we're we're going or, or at least i am going full thrusters right now i know michael and the writer team they've done their job already on some of this stuff and i'm just cranking through the edits and the layout and all that other fun stuff that happens with all these projects and uh, last time I checked my spreadsheet, hey, I've got 60 projects on my plate right now. So, And I'm scared to play RPG because of those projects. Like I literally, like even with my group, I'll say, you know, I, I have a faithful bunch of people who play with me on Discord. Yeah. And, and right now, one of the players, Michael Freeman, is wonderfully taking over the GM role for me right okay. now so they can keep playing because I'm busy, you know, writing and doing this stuff. So so mm. I, I'm with trepidation and maybe people out there, you know, hit us up on social media if you feel the same way with trepidation you take up the reins of game mastering knowing that real life can happen and maybe some players have to drop out it's a real situation mm -hmm. it, really, <laughs> it really is and i mean this is real life right i mean it, and it happens and i remember the halcyon days of being a college you know college grunt working my day job you know going to school but still finding tons of time to play and wonderful. like somehow my group and i you know we managed to string you know 40 50 60 sessions together like nothing right we like, this is the norm this is the way it is and then we all got older and life happened and partners who want you to do stuff besides happened. rpg yes <laughs> yes and you get partners who aren't into rpgs and that's okay but you know that that has an impact and and then uh, and then all of a sudden you're like oh the last time we played was three months ago are, are we getting back together like is that campaign still a thing oh i just kind of died on the vine and we'll start a new one and then three months later oh we'll start a new one and then it's just like this cycle of yeah. things happen and you just never get back to it so, so um, you know this is perfect then because what we're, we're going to talk about is how to work around that because actually what's funny is i've worked around it um for decades i i've mentioned before that i had friends who moved to different countries germany Mm. um you know canada they moved all over the united states of america and they still wanted to play rpg and that's how we graduated first to email play by email pbem and then we went from there to using um whatsapp um and then graduate over to discord but this is a real situation happening you know uh, nowadays with work by remote people are moving all over the country 
-hmm. gaming groups are are breaking up or you have to adapt for them. And so one of the things I've learned and we're going to go over tonight is how do you at least get to a point? I guess maybe we'll we'll tackle it in two ways, Jim, because now that you're waking this up, this conversation up, how do we do it with a group of people who we want to play with? And then I've learned a lot playing Captain's Log by myself and then what we've experienced collaboratively where I'm like, ooh, I know a better way to do this so I can get through an entire story mm. in a short amount of time through the mm. art of outlining. So so um, maybe we can talk a little bit first. We've talked about it in other episodes before, but what are ways we can prepare for one shots that still might fit into a greater picture of an adventure? What are some of the things you've done in the past as as gaming time slows down from college days to real life what are some of the things you advise yeah okay i, I like i like that structure uh michael so i think on the one hand we could we could talk a little bit about like sta as 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 a game um although you can certainly use captain's log to play collaboratively with players and game master i mean so we're i mean really we're talking universally here about star trek adventures and captain's log mm-hmm. um specifically because this is what we're about right? we could talk about D or we could talk about some other game but that's not what we're here for um in my experience i think um when i was running games and i wasn't real confident that we'd be able to meet consistently i tended to focus more on shorter self-contained stories so like like an episode like not, not to say a bottle episode because it wasn't about just being on the ship or just being on a planet or something but it was like here's a Here's a really cool episode that took maybe two, three. Like if I if I knew that I could get two and three sessions, two or three sessions out of my group before they scattered to the four winds, I was like, okay, I'll do one self-contained story, one solid self-contained story, knock it out in two sessions, three sessions, whatever it took. And then, of course, because it's Star Trek, um, you knew that you could always do another episode with the same crew or most of the same crew. You know, you can always explain away a couple of people going off to a seminar or whatever they're mm-hmm. indisposed they're just off screen for whatever reason um or of course with star trek adventures you can make them supporting characters if you wanted to um but uh i, I tended so because like in my mentality i always think big epic multi-season campaigns because that's what i love and that's As what do i, I yeah. experience with mm-hmm. and that's my dream um but you know of course over the decades i've been frustrated because that doesn't happen because there's just so many people and so many schedules that just conspire to to wreck those plans right yep yep (laughs) um and so i think i've come to accept that you know what maybe just doing a really good short episode maybe almost like um in the uh in the player's guide and even in captain's log we talk about like the the cinematic style storyline where you, you do big stakes big action big villain um crazy pool effects and stuff and you and you do that in like two three sessions and then you're done and then you could come back to it later with yep. the characters in the same situation or in a slightly different situation. Um, or you can just you know continue the story however you see fit. So I've I've I'm, tended to gravitate toward that a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna break it down even even more to something I've never written about, but I probably should. And I'm gonna call it the two-act structure. I know we talk about three acts, that's the standard story, but what I've been finding is with my tabletop group who come around, um, they really only have two to three hours to commit to it but they want a full story. And um, what I've been doing with this is a two act structure. And what I mean is I'm very, I, I use lower decks. Let's use lower decks as the, as the format for this. Cause it's a real thing happening mm-hmm. is that right there, boom, within the first 30 minutes to an hour, here is your problem. 
this is your problem. This is what you're assigned to do. This is what you're assigned to take care of. What are all your proposed solutions? All right, act two, these are proposed solutions. Go at it, wrap it up. But what I do and what I've done with my tabletop group is each one of those two act sessions gives them one clue that's going to play into the bigger story by episode 10. So each time when they sit down again, I say, remember last time what you guys did? Remember, do you remember what you did? Like, yeah, we stopped this person. Yeah, but do you remember what you found out? Yeah, we got this computer that helps us, in in one case with ours, read through sub-quantum realities. That's right. That's exactly what you did. That You have that information now. And then we go play another game that they think is disrelated. It's like, oh, look at that. You found another clue. So I've been using this two-act structure to get us through games in two to three hours where people walk away and all their characters get to do something. Um. Even if we don't play, like in my case with my live action game, not live action, I don't live action role play, the tabletop game, um, even if we don't play for six to eight weeks, I have written down the big clues that they found last time, and I throw them into a new adventure. And that's been kind of having them come back. Nine game, We're nine games in now. So Wow, nice. Yeah, so it's not bad at all. So, so how I can adapt that maybe online too with Discord group is discord's a little better because it's a little bit spread out and we're not rushed to play but i find that when i go for two or three weeks without making a post i do lose the fuel the i i do lose the energy in the story yeah i hear you yeah, yeah so i got it's tricky to sustain that yeah yeah so i got to adapt to that which is the situation we're now in with our game uss saratoga captain's log <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, just you know, filling people. If you haven't already figured it out, like it's been it's been months or at least a month plus that we've looked at it or that I've looked at it, and uh, I, I've I've lost the thread of where we were, what we were doing. Um, I know we were going at a decent clip with those two episodes we did. I think we were we were up to scene three or maybe scene four, uh-huh. um, out of you know ten to fifteen. However, and uh, you know, I, rapidly we got involved with the. Uh, episode 100 planning and uh and execution and then other stuff and like like we said before you know just life and stuff got in the way mm-hmm. and they were like well yeah, we, we could we could continue it but like the fire's not there and we right. have to spend the whole 30 minutes you know recapping and you know no one wants to no, no one wants to sit through that <laughs> so what i so what i did as a solution what i found is i i play captain vlogs by myself because i just love creating new stories i love creating new ideas so i'm going to propose something for us to do jim to start so uss saratoga yes it's living on its adventures are going on i trust it is um i don't want to create new characters because we have our character sheets mm-hmm. right and we know that they're going to have many different episodes but i think what we should do is start fresh and what i've been doing now with my personal captain's log game is i've been outlining the entire game so so i know we're popular for doing our riff episodes jim so i actually think we should roll through with our characters we have our ship i think we start up a new mission we actually roll through each scene what happens but not narratively we just go through this is some of the issues that are going to happen this in this scene these are the problems we're going to have to resolve get to the very end of it and then what i've been noticing in my personal captain's log game by the time i get to like scenes 13 14 i go back up and i tweak scenes two and three to make sure it works I think people kind of need to see this happen so that you can actually get through an entire 15 scenes. And then for those of you who want to, you can go back and journal. I do. I personally go back and journal and expand on it. Mm -hmm. How does that sound? 
That sounds good. Um, although I have one question, Michael. I think did we did we fully cover what we wanted to cover before we jump into this? Like I know we were we were going to say we were going to talk about strategies about um, um, you know, using STA and Captain's Log to um to pick things up or, or you know to to carry through. Like uh, did we co- did we cover all that? I don't have a transcript in front of me, so I don't really remember. You mean before <laughs> before in the previous episodes. No, no, no. Just now in this episode, we were we were saying we, we were going to have a structure where we were going to talk about strategies about um, how to um, how to uh, navigate the challenges of um, playing something for a while, going away from it and then coming back to it. Right. We I, I kind of talked about STA. Right. But we didn't really talk about like, how would you do that with captain's log uh, oh. generically? That's what I was yeah, running through now. So, so, well, if you're by yourself, again, let's go do if you're playing by yourself, mm-hmm. what I've noticed with solo RPG is if I only do four or five scenes and then, and because, because what slows me down initially was I was rolling it out and writing as I went along and doing, you know, dialogue and stuff like that, that that was slowing me down. I said, I'll get back to it. And then a month later, I come back to it and I have to kind of reread the whole thing to mm-hmm. get caught back up what i've done most recently which cured me of that issue is i actually sit down and i roll th- up all 15 scenes mm. and therefore i picture the whole story in my mind and then for my own satisfaction because i like to write i then go back and do the narration and i even use tools like chat gpt to help me because it's my own game i can no one cares <laughs> fair enough Fair enough. So then I guess I guess one of the strategies we can tease out of that then is the, is to remind people, like if you're playing Captain's Log for a while, you do a few scenes and then you either get distracted or you get burned out or you need something else to, you, you know, something else draws your attention. You know, if you've made s- some effort at taking notes, whether it's transcription or you've been doing bullet points or you've been doing a full blown um, uh, narrative like we've been doing, um, it, it, it'll be there for you. Right. You can always well, go back to it, reread it, refresh your memory. And if you haven't been planning ahead, like we did in some cases, we were starting to pull threads. We, we were starting to weave in threads that we knew wouldn't be resolved until the end of the episode, right? We, we were seeing things that were happening that we we knew we would fold it in later. Um, but so like, if you know, if you're, if you're playing Captain's Log and you're feeling discouraged, you know, don't because the toolkit is there. The pieces that you've already put together are there if you've you know done a little bit of recording. Um, and you can always go back and pick it up, you know, and this is, this is true for writing too, right? Like I do this all the time. Um, I never throw anything away. I've got a, I've got a Scrivener project for all my drabbles, all my, all my bits and pieces, all my plot bunnies, like whatever you want to call them. It's all those little starting points of stories that maybe I'll get, you know, maybe I'll have a, a burr in my head and I'll, and I'll bang out 1500 words on a short story and then I'll stop dead and I'll be like, oh, okay, something's blocking me. Mm-hmm. something subconsciously is blocking me from retaining this i'll go i'll go switch to a different story or a different thing and i'll come back to it and sometimes i'll come back to it and i'll pick up where i left off and go oh there's the block i fixed the block and now i can finish the story or i can do another thousand words before i hit another block or something so mm-hmm. um as long as you're making some sort of effort to record it it won't go away it'll always be there for you and don't ever feel like it's a failure because everything's practice right everything you write is practice for the next thing you write um so like i know a lot of writers especially newer writers get down on themselves for not finishing something it's like well you know don't necessarily feel bad for not finishing something you're practicing right you're you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're putting the reps in you're, you're getting your subconscious you know charged up here to think about writing and putting words together so you know captain's logs the same way well and i have to say too i mean one of the lessons i've learned with playing captain's log 
because if you play enough games, you know, random tables, there's so many available random tables out there in the universe. Right. That as I, after I roll up my initial game, I've been making the decision of what kind of game do I want to play? Like, do I mm. want to have another ship battle? Do I want an entire game without phasers? So how can I take the different random table results that come up, the probability matrices, and change them into the kind of stories I like, which are very people heavy? I've been introducing a lot of different tables from different um, uh, games, whether it's five parsecs from home, ones I've generated myself, like the Jane Austen table I put on continuing missions. I said, let me throw a Jane Austen uh, storyline type in this. I've even used Starforge, another Modiphius product. And I come up with some really cool stories because the universe is so big. Even if we want to do, Jim, you know, for instance, if we roll up a story and we say, hey, you know what? Let's have a story on a star base or let's have a story on a medieval planet. And let's see how that we can adapt the roll tables to do a medieval kind of story. You know, it's been really fun as an exercise. And I've actually been using it in my own personal writing, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just awesome. to come up with cool ideas, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as a writer, um, whether it's Captain's Log or Star Trek or just like whatever, um, grab every tool you can possibly imagine and throw it into your toolbox. Like there's mm -hmm. like I'm sure I'm not the only writer who's got a whole shelf full of writing books. Uh, reference guides, you know, dictionaries, the sources, random writing stuff that people have created over the decades. And like, there's nuggets of gold in every one of them, right? Yep. And every one of those is a tool. So throw it into your toolkit. So if you're borrowing from other games, whether they're science fiction, fantasy, you know, weird Western, whatever, um, it's all good. <laughs> no, one's exactly. gonna tell you, no one's going to tell you you can't do it. So like pull, pull, pull writing tools from everywhere that you can, right? So absolutely. Yeah, do it. Exactly. So so I think I, with that, I, I kind of want to jump into let's create a framework. Let's show them how to quick create a framework. Mm -hmm. And if that story resonates with you, then you're going to go and do the narration on it. Or at least you're just going to have all these amazing plot threads and almost mini mission briefs. Yeah. You know, to play off of because each each 15 scenes, you know, each act is its own mission brief in a sense. That's how I think of it. For those of you who know Star Trek Adventures. Mm -hmm. Um and so I, I say we roll it up, roll through quick major 15 scenes and get to a wrap up and show them how we think. This is like the right. ultimate riff session. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually share screen on this um, so that those of you who are looking at the podcast, you'll actually be able to watch as I take notes. And we're gonna jam through rolling up 15 scenes, riffing, and then we let you take it from there, everybody, if you want to, you know, dream up what happens to our characters. Um, I, I'm showing the screen. I'm going to go ahead and make sure everyone knows that this is Captain uh, Jinnamot. Do you have your, um, you actually, do, actually, you don't even need to uh, have your character sheet. No, actually, you do need to have your character sheet. Now that I think about it. You have yours up. Jim? Or do you need me to send it to you? <laughs> Time out. We're gonna need Jeff to edit this. Yeah, hold on. I'm really, hold on. You need Look. to close your. You need to close your tabs. Okay, hold on. Let me stop share. Oh. And so now we start. 
By the way, if there are some editing snafu people, understand we're not paid for this. Sometimes I have to fix stuff. So if something just went ah, all of a sudden, that's on me. All right. Uh, as we said, myself and Jim are going to continue the adventures of USS Saratoga with Captain Jin Amat, who is an Aeneer. And we've decided he's blind or not blind, Jim. Aenar. Aenar. Sorry. Not Aeneer. It depends what part of their world you come from. Yeah, they have different accents, there but Aenar. Okay. There you go. Sure, is he blind or not blind? Uh, I'd say I'd say they're probably blind. That's a cool. I love the fact of having a vision impaired captain, but of course, knowing that they have superpowers that compensate for it. <laughs> we, we have Daredevil as a captain. <laughs> you know, I loved you speechless. I love that. Uh, you know, we haven't. Uh, I'm looking at the sheet. Oh, wait, no, this is Captain's Log. Never mind. We don't need talents. <laughs> nope. We just this is to... real life, people. <laughs> and we're, uh, we're, um, um, focus yeah okay and we're doing we're doing creation play so uh that's right who, who knows what uh what talent or who knows what focuses uh uh captain uh Jin and matt has so we'll, we'll exactly. discuss that in play we'll get to that i know that my character only has evacuation procedures so far and one one value but we're what we're doing right now again is we're just building the framework for the story later on we will go back and do narration but because jim and i are who we are we're probably going to do a lot of riffing and talk about where their story should go so i think we we're going to jump immediately for everyone who's following along in your captain's log solo book we're going to of course go over and pick our mission type and roll our mission types to start for the saratoga mission Again, we're focusing today on just outlining the overall mission with that without narrative to show you how fast that can go. <clears throat> Jim, do you want to do the first roll on page 257 for the mission type for this mission? Oh, yeah. Thanks for the page. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> well, I, of course, I, I have my tabbed book and I have my uh, iPad out. So I'm, yeah, I got I'm my, ready to I go. Got my tab, I got my tab book right here. So exactly. all good. All right. Let me grab my handy dandy uh, command dice. There we go. All right, so mission type. Here we go. All right, mission type is 11. It's a patrol. Oh, I love that. And then okay. I'll flip over to patrol, which is on page 262. And we are going with a... <laughs> what? <laughs> we are installing a new sensor array. I love something that simple. Because honestly, I would love if we have an in-ship or planetary type of game that doesn't involve phasers and torpedoes. Let's see if we can make something happen. So we're installing a new sensor array while on patrol. Yep. All right, that sounds good. So let's get a couple more details. Of course, we know the next step is on page uh, 267, which is themes and incident. So let's do our theme and yeah. You incident. want to roll or you want me to? Go ahead and roll. I like typing. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. Okay, mm -hmm. our incident is build. Makes sense. And our theme is unknown life form. So it sounds like we're building a new sensor array, but we are going to encounter an unknown life form yep. while doing it. That seems kind of interesting. I like this. Okay, that takes us over to advantages and complications. So first we have to roll an even or an odd to determine whether we have an advantage or complication in this story. Right. This is going to be a complication. Ooh. And the complication is <laughs> an inept crew member. 
<laughs> I love the only it. specialist the crew has for the situation is secretly unable to proceed, either due to lack of skill or being too terrified to continue. So um, I kind of like the idea of us uh, starting to uh, construct this uh, this um, new sensor array and something out there in space has terrified the subject matter expert of, uh, <laughs> of building this thing. And our engineer has now become terrified of something or someone in space. I like that. I think this is a good spot for us to go ahead and roll up where the location is. Before we do the encounters probability matrix on 270, I think we need to pick up where we're actually building this. Doesn't that make sense? Yep. All right. So let's go to our location. And that's on page 303, uh, 302 to determine what kind of location this is. Yep. I'm getting there. 302. to locations by theme yep here we go all right roll to 20 research research and I rolled a 13 the self-aware computer here demands all visitors submit to an invasive brain scan <laughs> i love it does that work for you you want something different i think this again we're going to tweak it self-aware uh requires invasive brain scan because i think we're going to learn a lot about this inept crew member who doesn't really want this brain scan or we learn why they're so inept <laughs> like maybe they're fraudulent i like the fact that this is not necessarily turning into a phaser pew pew show yeah. but almost i i don't know why i keep picturing barkley as we talk about this mm. yeah this almost has bottle show rat written on it doesn't it okay so so again we're researching it but maybe let's go back to um page uh 270 jim and let's roll on the type of encounter so so that we can figure out you know what the catalyst is to get this story started and then we'll start rolling act one all right great. this is uh this is deep space deep space deep space and we've got a four a rogue comet is traveling nearby so it sounds are we are we installing a new sensor on a rogue comet Sure, why not? And I think let's make it benevolent. Uh, uh, you know, maybe it's a simple scientific, you know, exploration. And, you know, that we we put it on this comet and it'll track for the next thousand years its course. So very maybe starting out with a very uh, calm opening scene where we get to know our characters a little bit. Mm -hmm. I Go ahead. I, I have an idea, but. Well, I was I was gonna riff, but uh, I don't know if you please riff. That, yes, yeah. I, I was gonna riff to say like um, I, I know that we are Picard era. Mm -hmm. um, I I wonder if there's a an angle here where um, maybe the rogue comment isn't necessarily rogue. Maybe we're installing the sensor um, array, and maybe we're also uh, installing systems that will help kind of tweak the trajectory of that rogue comment so that it goes somewhere along the lines toward a adversary or a potential adversary so that we're Ooh. using we're using the rogue comet as a um as a um quote unquote natural phenomenon that we could you know piggyback a uh intel kind of operation on behind it that seems a little nefarious for starfleet but um and i sort well, i should i don't i don't want to get into section 31 but uh but maybe, maybe it's within <laughs> maybe the comet only is within our area so we have the right to do it up to a point um we have like one window of opportunity to do it 
Yeah. So so <laughs> I think any, I, without anybody noticing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to roll on our captain and the crew doing that. So I think that our act one, scene one is the operation itself mm-hmm. and hoping we don't roll any complications. So you have your captain, which discipline, and maybe, maybe this is the time to add a focus to your captain regarding this type of technology. Hmm. Maybe that's why you're assigned to it. So what focus could you add to him? Uh, let's see. So commanding officer. To them, excuse me. <clears throat> focus is diplomacy. Um, well, are we are we leaning toward it um, being an intelligence operation? Yeah. So you could roll maybe on the security focus table or the science well, focus so table. His, his, his dis- the, the, the disciplines I picked for them was command and science so i think i think my intention with this character was that they were more of a scientist than anything else uh high presence high control high reason um so you know what i i would i would i would angle it to say that um maybe the the initial mission was to install the sensor array but like the information we were getting from starfleet command was a little sketchy and um it, it came out maybe in like a private conversation with the admiral and the captain that this was there's actually another layer to this mission it's not just installing the sensor array and oh cool science but there's also oh and by the way we're using this as a monitoring platform for uh you know the okay the Zenkathy or uh okay so first go to page 87 and what they first told you to install let's figure out which science focus it would be and i think we should give your captain that focus so page okay. 87 let's roll one of the random focuses there you need to roll 2d20 on that or you could roll i'm going to say because of the new update you did roll mm-hmm. a d20 if you roll one through 10 it's one through 20 if you roll 11 through 20 then you'll roll on the oh yeah final yeah, yeah. 20 table um well i i i rolled unorthodox mathematics but i'm not quite sure how that would fit into this Oh, you know, unorthodox mathematics. Maybe it's just you know, maybe maybe my uh, maybe Captain uh, Jinnamat is really good with computing, uh, you know, astromat astrometric um, mm-hmm. angles and stuff. And maybe the maybe the intent was that uh, he they are one of the few people who could calculate such a thing without okay. it without it getting into the into the official record <laughs> right i like it I, in fact it seems that probably we know that time and space oftentimes changes the physics of the universe so so maybe you're calculating some sort of time space distortion that the comet's going to pass through yeah and i i like the idea of of maybe uh you know whoever's giving us this mission don't want this to be part of the part well, of the I- record I'm going to ask so you to roll. They're making yeah. them. They're making them do do it off their dome, right? Well, Without assistance. Well, I'm going to have you then roll. Let's talk about this inept character. I think they. I think they have a security focus that is an underlying mission or conflict that potentially could come up. So why don't you roll under on page 86 security focuses and let's see what their specialty is that may come in conflict that we weren't aware of at the beginning of the mission. Sure thing. Uh, so security focuses. 
page 86. Yep, I got it. Um, fleet formations. Ah, oh, perfect. <laughs> so the inept person is going to do something that messes us up regarding fleet formations. So they're maybe adding on a, a secondary kind of sensor that's going to bust us out later because of the aptitude that 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 creates some difficulty for us in the mission. So now we do need you, you to roll as a captain. <clears throat> it seems like you're going to have to roll either your reason or command plus science to see how your part of the mission goes mm-hmm. first, right? And that, that would be one of our first tasks that we're rolling on. Yeah. So reason and science. With the mm-hmm. with the focus in on unorthodox mathematics, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'll roll that. Uh, so that's a I'm, my target number is a fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I rolled a twelve and a thirteen. So that's uh, two successes. Good. That gives us right away an advantage. Yep. I'm or sure. or I should say a momentum, which you can use as an advantage. Is that how you want to use it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think. Uh, uh, the captain would probably think anything, anything to help this out. Yep. So rolling on the advantage table, which is on page two sixty eight, I uh, rolled a thirteen. That's lucky circumstances. Lucky circumstances and earlier failure has unintended positive side effects. So there's something lucky is going to happen to us along the way here. Maybe we get to catch right. a lucky break. Maybe something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, that may we, save we, our life later on. We can we can bank that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll save that. We're going to save that for later in the story. <laughs> All right, so so we're gonna at this point, <clears throat> we're not gonna, you know, we're showing you how to outline the adventure. So we're not gonna name who this and that person is yet. We just know that they're on this secondary <clears throat> mission to spy on maybe Romulan fleet formations or or Cardassian fleet formations. This is Picard era, but we know that they're up to no good and they're running counter of our mission. So are we good to go into scene two and see what we get from there? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I want to show people something cool, Jim. Do you mind if for scene two, we create that into a B story and I will roll on the Jane Austen table I created in continuing missions? <laughs> go for it, man. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, go to the Jane Austen table. I created a probability matrix called dramatic situations in a Jane Austen novel. Um, that you could use in Star Trek adventures. Roll a one to 20 for me, Jim, and I will tell you what our B story is uh, one, one D 20, one D 20. Yeah. I got a, a 18. All right. I'm going to cut it paste in here. And this sounds really cool. So scene two, we are having this inherited obligations. A character is burdened with family obligations, conflicting with their personal desires. Right. Is this going to be the captain or the XO? Bofen. Should we 50, roll a 50. one? Yep, roll 50-50 on us for that. So Captain's 1 through 10, Fofim's the XO is 2 through 20. All right. Uh, I've got a uh, I've got a 9, so it's going to be the Captain. The Captain. Ooh, and he is, uh, pronounce it for me again. Uh, captain uh, Ginomat, G-I-N apostrophe E-M-A-T. And he's an A-N-R. Uh, A-N-R, right. So he has a family member who wants them to do something that's on the ship. So this is going to be very interesting, a visiting family member. You want mm-hmm. to name which family member it is? Um, It could be their partner. All right. Who's Ooh. on the ship with them? And Anars have a lot of partners. So one, two, yeah, three. 
Well, if, if it's a traditional, it could be up to as many as three partners, right? So let's just say one, one, <laughs> okay. one of the partners. Okay. And um, let's see, do you want to create the issue by rolling on one more time the um, theme incident and see if we could somehow make it work? Yeah, sure. Let's yeah, try theme is- incident. Page uh, 267. 257, right? And what's going to be interesting about this, I want to make it so that no matter what we get in the theme incident, we make it very human and very familial, whatever the problem is. Yeah, yeah. Where, where's okay. the theme incident again? 267? 267, yeah, sorry. Yep. So incident page. and theme. There it is. All right, so incident and theme. All right, we got... Uh, uh, that doesn't seem to make sense. Destroy crater. <laughs> what? Okay, so someone has a zit. <laughs> okay <laughs> that may not be the best table to roll on but uh there are others in other books but but let's show how creative we can get with this though for okay. a second right sure. what if it is some sort of facial blemish or plastic surgery issue that could be a plastic surgery issue how about we take it this place how about how about we go even further jim this is an anar right what if they're thinking about getting optical implants so that they can actually see like other people? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that works. Right? Maybe maybe, maybe their partner's unhappy and uh, or or has been talking to people and uh, maybe they want. Well, I mean, you know, if you follow some of the beta canon, there's there's uh, issues going on with the uh, whole Andorian um, mm-hmm. genome. And maybe they're looking. Maybe they're maybe they're more uh, progressive than other Andorians, and they uh, they want to try something different. So they want optical implants, and this could be a sticking point with my character. Maybe my character is more of a traditionalist. <laughs> I love this. Okay, so Captain, now you captain <clears throat> the captain's a traditionalist. the The partner is uh, more progressive. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's that, there's your B plot. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Or a B plot. And, and that B plot, I don't know if you want to make a note that, but that could, um, the the doctor could get involved in that, like whoever our doctor is, that could that could potentially, I mean, depending on how how far down the road we get with it, that could be a, yeah, or effort. the counselor, or the counselor, yeah, right. We'll put that in the kids. <clears throat> Very cool, good B plot actually. I, I that would actually be really, really interesting. <clears throat> that's 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 one of those great B plots where. Um, as, as a player, I would take that kind of thing and run with it because that's giving us an opportunity as players to uh, to flesh out a species that hasn't been well fleshed out on the TV shows, mm-hmm. or in the movies, right? And this is a way to kind of make it your own, like like take the beta canon, take the take take the main canon, and and take what you know from that, but then extrapolate something new and different, and uh, add the, add this new nuance to it. This this is something that I really enjoy is world world building, and uh, adding detail. Me too. I do, I do too. So let, let's do this now as we go into um, Act 1, Scene 3. Seems like we should be at the Comet and starting to do some of this build, right? So you have your design that you successfully rolled last time, <clears throat> but I'm kind of picturing us the next scene, the ship sidling up to the Comet. Mm-hmm. And where I would go at this point... Um, just to show people how I like building up in, in Act 1 and Act 2, I actually want to generate some threat. I want to roll on threat tables on page 278 yeah. um, and see what problems might be coming up as I approach this comet. 
Yeah. Um, and so that's on page 278. Do we want to roll on what kind of threats coming up? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think just, uh, you know, thinking through story, like this is where if we if we look at the things that we already know that are going to happen, right, we're, we're installing this thing. So the scene would be the teams in their EVA suits. They're going out to the comet. They got the gear. They got the tech. They're starting to install it. And then things go wrong. This is this is this is the, the right point where things have to go. I mean, the story things go wrong here. Uh, so let's let's see what we're doing a random threat here. So um, what's the, what's the theme here? Where well, the theme is um, a hostile alien entity. Okay. That ties into our alien life form that we were referring to earlier. That's right, because um, we have a we have something self-aware that uh, the research leads to something self-aware that requires invasive brain scan. So there's something in this comet. Okay. The hostile, the hostile alien entity. I'm rolling on that table now. Um, well, I guess this doesn't give us anything new. It's it's I rolled an eleven. That's hostile species. Okay. So hostile alien entity, hostile. I mean, sufficient to say they're they're a hostile species. This would be a new new species. We haven't encountered these before. This is an all new species. Um they are on this comet or they are connected to this comet somehow, whether it's subspace shenanigans or just on this on this comet we're installing this tech this uh, sensor sensor palette and oh there's an alien hostile alien species here now we have not gone into any detail on what kind of species this is it could be it could be microbes it could be uh, let's go to page 290 and roll it out yeah let let's get some definition on it um it could be a cybernetic species you just don't know so good point yeah. let's let's figure out some details in act three they may not get all the answers in scene three but we're going to know what it is in scene three that could create problems for them so let's do first it's mental capacity and awareness okay mental capacity slash awareness <laughs> not only are they hostile but they are patient Interesting. And being, on, being on a rogue comet they'd kind of have to be patient because it could be a long time before they run into a oh have they been have they been waiting to set a trap too oh, maybe oh or so now let's find out or or, or uh -huh. maybe you know this is this is a trope right here maybe they've mm -hmm. been imprisoned on the rogue comet and they've just been waiting for somebody to come along so they could get off oh uh, or maybe they even were implanted there by the hostile person that the fleet that the inept crew member is supposed to survey maybe he got duped by bad intel and is getting suckered into a political situation yeah okay um, metabolic mm -hmm. energy type could mm -hmm. be decion okay and for those of you who don't know what a decion is is it is a time related particle that messes with time in a very pseudoscience kind of way so a lot of things that can happen <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that their morphology is liquid morphology oh that makes sense actually digging on that that makes a lot of sense on it and it could be lick it could be like a uh huh. mercury right yeah absolutely and this is the happy circumstances their uh, uh, preferred environment is comet trails oh this is so cool and the spaceborne entities um maybe taking nearly any, any oh that's that's different oh that's different. that's specific that. yeah Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. So so far, this is great. We have a we have a hostile species whose patient um, energy type is decion, which is oftentimes related to chronotons and time. They're liquid, and 
they exist in comet trails, which of course works perfectly into our story. So, mm-hmm. so let's let's roll now on the crew. Do you, let's assume would the captain have gone on this mission? Um. Well, I mean, I would say A is Captain's log, and if, if, if this is the main character for this particular episode, not to take anything away from your character, but mm-hmm. like if this episode is Captain focused. Um, maybe the fact that they had to calculate the, the, the stuff in their head, maybe they had to be present on the comet in order to, to position the, the sensor array in just the right spot, mathematically calculating the comets rotation and the speed and all this stuff and math, math, math and techno babble. Maybe yes, yes, the captain and the XO, and this might've been a scene that we would fit in prior to this one. In fact, we could call this scene four. Maybe scene three was the captain in the XO having a moment saying, uh, Captain, I don't really think you should be going out in an EVA suit, plopping your butt on a rogue comet. And then the captain saying, well, you know, ain't nobody else here to do it. So I gotta. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that would require a presence plus command then. <clears throat> there you go. All right. So what's his presence plus command number? This is going to be an opposed there. role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, presence, uh, no opposed, no opposed role. It's just captain's lot. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, presence is 11. Command is force. My target number is 15. Okay. Uh, I will roll 2d20 here. Um, I don't have any particular advantage here, but we do have that one advantage that that lucky break we could pull later. If we, mm-hmm. I don't think it makes sense here, but let's see what we got here. Um, I rolled a 10 and a 20. Yes. <laughs> So yes. I, I, it was a success. So success, you get to go. Is the complication? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is great, 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 great. Okay, and that and that complication, you know, you I, I'm going to ask you to do because I've been having fun doing this. I want to make the next tax roll require two successes, or, or do we add more threat? Well, well, here's why. I think if we're going to really scare people in Act One, Jim, yeah, is. The captain's going to go out there with some way away team members Mm -hmm. and something's got to happen where this hostile species wakes up. And I think the crew should roll if they survive that first encounter. And by making it two threat, by making it require two successes, we get that red shirt option. There you go. Right. I dig it. Okay. So we're going to go over to act one, scene four, and let's roll and ask the question. We're asking the question right now. When entity wakes up, do away team members get injured? I'll I'll just say injured for now. I'm not going to define it more than that. So now I think we need to roll on the ship, which you have at the bottom of your sheet there for captain for your um, captain, and which which system and which department do you think you'd have to roll on to represent the away team in this situation? Uh, it probably, you probably be, had your science. Did you think you have your science team with you? Yeah, it'd probably be like um, sensors and science. Yep, so that's a uh, 10 plus two, so target number is 12. And you have to get two successes to avoid this Ooh. going bad. <laughs> so, before I roll this though, just a little suspense here that that bullet point that you have for captain presence and command should that actually be its own scene? Would we make that mm-hmm. scene? scene two that was scene that was scene three because all we were doing in 
to open up the scene was to figure out defining a little bit about the okay. comet. So the scene is the captain and the XO having a conversation, mm -hmm. the, the captain winning out, mm -hmm. but but there's a complication. Correct. So let's let's see. So my target number is twelve. Um, I rolled a I rolled a twelve and a nineteen. So there fail. is there is a fail. <laughs> so so now we get to ask some questions about like under probability. I think this is where the probability matrix comes in to open up scene four. Is is someone hurt, right? Yeah. What, what do you think the probability? I mean, this is scene act one. I like to be super scary. I, so, I, I think the probability is high. Yeah, I think so. I, too. I think I think if it's a hostile alien species that have been waiting mm -hmm. and waiting for something to happen, for someone to come along, uh, I think the probability is highly probable someone's going to get hurt. Okay, someone some, is some hurt. some poor blue shirt science officer is gonna is gonna meet a messy end here. So I'm gonna say highly probable. Uh, yes on a one to eighteen, no in a nineteen twenty, and uh, I rolled a twelve. Uh, so so yes, someone someone has died. Now we, we could <sighs> roll. We have some casualty tables in here. Um, where mm -hmm. is it? Radiation resources, Jim. Toward the end, you're gonna find um, crew casualties. Here we go. Yep. Um, so you want them to get injured, not just flambéed, huh? Well, I rolled a nineteen, so uh, somebody's gonna die. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so, so we're gonna we're gonna have one crew member die. So again, we're not defining who that is now. We're just outlining the story. Remember, everyone. Okay. So we're gonna have one crew member die, and I have to ask the question just so we know. In this scene, is that inept person also on this away team? Yes. Yes, right. So let's make sure inept person on away team. In fact, what do you think about? So we know in scene four, someone gets hurt, someone dies as the creature wakes up. Should we make scene five, whatever this scandalous person is doing, and kind of roll if anyone catches them? Or I don't think there's. I don't think they're scandalous. I think they're just inept. <laughs> I think, in fact, in fact, they may have been they may have been rattled by their uh, their away team companion getting uh, getting liquefied from the inside or like whatever horrible end that science officer met. They uh, the in that person because of that complication did a you know understandably lousy job of planting the sensor palette or whatever. Okay, do we need to roll on them as crew members to see about that? To see about what. We know that they're inept already, right? So do we need to, since they're a crew member in scene five, whatever they're supposed to be doing, maybe taking advantage of the distraction of the hurt or injured, killed crew member that maybe they say, oh, this is my chance to strike. Do we need to roll on them under the ship systems and departments to see how they do? Well, I, I don't, I, I think you're, it sounds like you're trying to imply that they're being malicious about it, whereas I think they're just inept. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh okay okay so they're just inept so right. they may okay so so scene five in this case oh scene five in this is anyone else first of all let's figure out is anyone else injured we know one person dies but shouldn't we roll if anyone else is actually injured which may require us to head back to the ship and do med bay stuff well i'm guessing there's probably not more than four people on this away mission including the captain right so the captain the person who died the inept crew member and then one other one so um we could, I guess we could roll up probability for all four of them, right? To see if that sounds good. So, it, so 
so we play 50 50 on the rest injured or not yeah sure so uh um so first even, captain evens evens they're okay odds they're injured okay okay so captain uh evens i said is good so uh, captain's okay uh inept person is okay Ooh, good. and the the other one is uh uh injured I guess wow. we, I guess we have to decide if they're injured or killed. Well, I, actually, I can determine the crew casualties here, right? Yep. Uh, roll it. Um, and I rolled a six, so they're no injury. Well, I mean, it says no injury, so I guess they weren't. They could have been hurt, but they weren't actually hurt. Okay, so we'll say no injuries, just frazzled. Okay. okay. Um, do they return to the ship in scene five? Um to scan more think, and learn more about the entity. Be, I think that would be protocol is like you, you grab the you grab the dead body and you bring everybody back and figure out what happened. Okay, let's see if the ship can successfully transport them back or if there's some problem. So I think scene five is are they stuck on the comet or are they going back? So go ahead and roll on the ship systems and departments for transport, which okay. would be sensors and con. Uh, transporters, I think, are. Um, I have to. Oh, I don't remember. It's se- it's, it's sensor. I think it's sensors. It, I think it's sensors and con. Sensors and con. I'm sure, that works for me. Let's do it. That's right. thirteen difficulty. So we're doing like a, um, um, you know, immediate, immediate side to side transport from the comet to sick bay to mm-hmm. see. Maybe we can try to. Re- I mean, we know they're gonna. We know they're dead, but we got to at least put the the effort into getting him back to sick bay and giving the doctor a chance to exactly. resuscitate him right mm-hmm. uh so i've got a i've got a six and a 17 so i've got uh, i've got one success all right that's all you needed right oh, that's all i needed so it was a success Whew. okay that's quite a first act yep so scene five we we uh we get the away team back to the ship we are all in sick bay uh, however, I, I would have to say, even though we didn't specify it, I would say the mission's incomplete. We did not successfully install the sensor pallet. <laughs> we we encountered a hostile alien life form, and now we're back on the ship. Good, good. So that's I think great, that's a good first act. That's a great first act, and I th- I think that coming happens. in, yeah, this is really good. All right. So so then act two, I think we need to go back to our inherited obligations here, right? Mm. And I think at this point. It's almost interesting that we're in sick bay at this point, right? So we're going to transfer it back to ship sick bay. Oh yeah, right. You see where yeah. I'm going with this? The the captain's partner could be in sick bay, getting fitted for ocular or getting measured for ocular implants, or having a consultation with the resident ophthalmologist for for implants. And where we come rush, we come beaming in with our EVA suits and our tension and our dead companion. And what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, you know, you're going on about this thing again. I thought we talked about that and we tabled it, but but here you are anyway. Yeah. And there could be there could be some tension there in, in addition to the attempts to resuscitate the the dead uh, crew member. It, yeah. In fact, what I want you to do, based on that, I think it's only fair that the captain at this point kind of rolls to see if they can hold it together. Mm. Like like like, can they focus on the dire mission while also knows their partner is about to do this huge life altering decision? And why are and why are they rushing it? That's a question we can leave. Like, why are they so insistent now? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. To so do I, it I right. Call that uh, I would call that control and command. 
right? Let's see here. Control. Trying to control myself? Yeah, I would I would say that. Control plus command, which All is right, 14 so for you. Target number is 14. Mm -hmm. I rolled a 15 and an 18. Oh, no. <laughs> this is good so so this is where okay this is where i like to talk about captain's log in this sense when you fail in this sense um i want to make it really bad for the captain mm -hmm. right like so so it's your captain it's your character who's who's almost trying to force the issue right we'll say captain captain's partner in sick bay forcing the issue why would this unsettle what's happening that unsettles the captain so much? We don't have to answer it here because we're outlining the adventure. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things, right? I mean, first of all, the, the captain's under a lot of pressure because one of their crew members just died. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and the 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 doctor's doing is is not going to be able to resuscitate them. So the mission's at risk. Um, but in addition to that, potentially more importantly, their partner is going about something that he or they thought maybe they talked about, but they're doing it anyway. And mm -hmm. and there might be just that moment of, you know, you know, as people, we just, you know, reach max capacity and not to say they break, but they just they have a moment of uh, real frustration mm -hmm. and uh, and and perhaps raises their voice to their partner and the partner gets their knickers in a twist unjustifiably yes you know, yeah. just justifiably and says well i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my own thing screw you you're not the it, boss of me and the captain's I, like well i am the boss of you it's like no i'm not in starfleet so i think this is a good, good place to say that you know the captain's partner is not in starfleet they're a civilian exactly uh, and let's um, let's roll what they are real quick just so that we have it to add into the story go to page 283 to generating conflict regarding um character archetypes and page 283 and why don't we first find out their partner what job they basically have on the first one there uh like an archetype yep so let's get a little definition on this because it might uh, they're play a scholar into... interesting scholar okay. I, like, I like that yep and then what if we go over to um their goals on page 284 Goals are good to see that rolled seven. Uh, earn someone's respect. Ooh, hmm, interesting. Interesting. Who are they trying to impress? One of their other partners, maybe. And then the tactic. Let's take a look. One more on tactic on page two eighty five. Uh, tactic: sacrificing self. Huh. Okay, so we don't again have to answer this now, but that would come up in this argument. Something would allude to this, right? Right. Which is going to be in a way, to me, I'd write it in a way where the captain's totally distracted now. The rest of the mission, they're distracted by whatever this revelation was. Mm. I like the idea that it's one of the other partners. Um, maybe one of the other partners is also progressive and uh, the this partner thinks that maybe by sacrificing their traditional values and going for the ocular implants will change the um power relationship <laughs> or it will change the the balance of power the balance of power so to speak in the relationship maybe there, maybe there's four people in the in the relationship and 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 like maybe two of them are traditional two of them are um mm. or maybe two of them are traditional one of them's really progressive and then there's this partner who's like kind of on the fence but is is 
being influenced to think, well, you know, maybe if I if I give up my if I take if I get these implants, I'll give up my traditional values, which I'm okay with. I'll get my this partner's respect, and then we will be able to more equitably balance the relationship between the the traditionalists and the um, progressives. Yeah. And this could all tie into the world building that I would theoretically be doing with the ANR and the Andorians and uh, mm-hmm. carrying that forward. And, and I kind of see the closing scene in this scene as, again, the person's dead. They're working on the person. And the final s- word that this person says to the captain is, you know what? You've made your decisions. I know you're dedicated to Starfleet. Let me make my decisions. Like, like there has to be some conflict between their commitment to Starfleet saying, I'm actually not your first priority. So I don't know why you think you have so much say over me. Oh, <laughs> right. Cut scene. All right. All right. And just to, just to add, just to add the salt, like, like they do that, they walk out and then the captain's like fuming and stares over at the doctor and the doctor's like, I couldn't save, you know, Lieutenant X just to, just to add the extra Ooh, little thing. Right the love dies as the person dies. They dead. <laughs> okay. 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 All Everything's right. Dead. So act two, scene two would take us back to the science, no doubt, and maybe some scans from the ships to learn a little bit more about this hostile life form. Yep. Okay. So yeah, back, back to the bridge, you know, probably still in the EV suit. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh yeah. He's still partially in the EV suit. Yeah. Okay. So should we have the ship do a sensors plus scan to see if they can learn anything about this life form? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're we're looking at uh, sensors Sensors plus plus science. science. That's Mm -hmm. 12. Target number, I rolled a I rolled a one and I rolled a fourteen. So nice. That is a, that is a crash. So you so got a momentum advantage, right? Do we want to? Well, do you want to? Again, I always tell people: Do you want to roll on the advantage table or do you want to roll on the momentum table? Hmm. You have the option. Oh gosh, um, it's a great point. Let's see here. Let's look at the. Momentum table is on page 275, and you get six options. You can either roll on which option you want or go directly to one of the options. It's advanced warning, danger revealed, friendly aliens, new technology, refuge, or trade opportunity. Uh, don't know that any of that excites me. Let's try, um, let's try an advantage. All right. So let me go back to that table. Or is that one that's uh, two? Page 268. 268, thanks. My tabs are so cool. 268, there it is. Um, Let's see what that does. A surprise discovery. Oh, interesting. But it's an advantage, so it's it's, it's a positive surprise discovery, so that's good. Is it something that covers for the ineptitude again, where do we discover that this was planted by a different hostile polity maybe whatever was in the comet came out of something like some sort of housing unit with romulan or cardassian or well this is the picard era so it could be a new species but it somehow gives them indication that things are not as they seem right right what do you think the surprise discovery should be um I think it's got to be something related to the uh, Decaeans. Okay. So maybe right. there's a... Um... All right. We don't have to answer it right now. Remember, we're yeah. building the frame. 
we're building the framework. So, so good. So we got a surprise discovery, something with the Decions that links to something else, which is going to provide an advantage for them. And remember, we still have the other advantage from above, which is lucky circumstances saved for later in the story. Perhaps something with the Decions gives them a chance to reset something, even maybe resurrect somebody who got killed. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, um, maybe <laughs> it's maybe it's maybe it's maybe maybe the hostile alien species somehow got through. Maybe the Decions weren't uh, holding them back, and they broke through. And maybe the surprise discovery is that we can we can restitch the Decions and isolate the hostile life form again. Mm. Okay. Or, or time subspace or what i mean whatever techno babble uh -huh. stuff we come up with and maybe the lucky circumstances is we kind of stumble into that and like oh hey wait we can actually fix this okay so the surprise discovery here is going to be the 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 that now we reveal there's a presence of decions mm -hmm. okay so that would be act two scene two which then would make them want to need to research more about this like yep. almost check first contact at this point do they go back out as a way team this time I think they would, yeah, because they they still gotta, they're still gonna attempt the attempt to. I mean, maybe there's a. I mean, we didn't specify, but maybe we could fold in a uh, a ticking clock to some extent. Oh, actually, we already we already talked about it that there's a there's a limited window of opportunity for us to plant this sensor array, yep. and if we don't get that done, then we've missed our opportunity completely. Correct. To 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 load this uh, rogue comment with uh, the the tech. So we we I think uh, we make the surprise discovery, and then the captain assembles another away team. And beams out there again. Okay, man, this one's this is going to be a very a much scarier way team, much more um, <clears throat> ready for this. Do we need to build any technology in scene three to like on the EVA suits to anti-decion or oh, special yeah. force field? I love the life support belt, a modified life support belt. I don't know. <laughs> should we yeah, build that actually, out? I guess I guess uh, Act Two, Scene Three should probably be then like the the engineering scene where mm -hmm. where we talk to the chief engineer and say, okay, look, we need to we need to recalibrate our devices to detect decions. Yep. in this hostile life form maybe the doctor is able to isolate some sort of marker that um picks up these liquid uh these liquid aliens um so we we got that going on and then the captain probably says that, you know we need some talks to the security chief and says hey we need something to protect ourselves from this uh this alien life form they they you know they did the the one officer dirty and killed them through their EVA suit how are we going to protect ourselves from that and Someone right. pulls out the old, uh, the old tried and true uh, life support belts and says, "Well, we can adapt this." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. So we got we got two tasks here. We got one to do the engineering thing, and then uh -huh. we got another one to do the security thing to to give us some sort of protection. Okay, so if one is going to be structure and engineering, which according to our thing would be uh, twelve, and then the other one would be what would the other role be? Uh, I'd say that would be like. Um, uh i guess weapons and security all right and that's going to be a uh that's see. a 12 also 12 also all right all right so Just... structure and engineering i've got a a five and a five so that's a success cool. with advantage and then weapon security that's a 12 i've got a uh an eight and a two so that's also a success with advantage all right Crack, so crack crew getting it done under uh, adverse circumstances. Exactly. Okay, so we have that advantage. Do you want to roll advantage or um, 
on a advantage or do you want to like save it we, we have two advantages you have or two momentum so let's go one by one because it's the game the first one what did you want to do with that did you want to roll up some equipment well, we can't maybe bank it right because it's captain's log so we don't actually get to bank it so i would spend one of them on an advantage and then i'd hold the other one as momentum okay so let's you want to so roll the one advantage, more advantage then is it whoops um an ancient discovery <laughs> okay sure mm -hmm. why not makes hey, sense this could, this could this well i don't know well i think i think you know what the ancient discovery is the life support belt <laughs> <laughs> there you go so right? how, would, how would we protect you while you're in an ava well hey wait a minute you know back in the 22 uh, there we go 270s they were experimenting with life support belts that would allow you to <laughs> there we go so, force fields we could adapt that by techno babble techno babble there you go and that is the light so now you have an anti-decion life support belt i mean does a so let's see picard's 2390s is 100 does 100 years count as uh ancient hey, <laughs> Why not? i think so why not it's it's captain's log it makes sense to me that there there's go. this Works huge scene where think about it if people were watching this tv show and we actually brought into live action a life support belt that would make the show that's all people would talk about after that that'd right awesome. so i think there that's a great disadvantage right there yeah i like it all right and then we get to save a momentum and then we have we have momentum yep now this is going really good i hope everyone's paying attention here because think about it we're we're coming to the end of act um two and Think about all the danger that built up in the first act alone. And then we're into, you know, some drama here. We're into some build. I almost feel that act four should actually go back to the B story at this point, Jim, just for act four, scene four. And then in scene five, we know things get really bad, right? That's our thing. So, so should we go back and talk a little bit more about what's going on here with with the partners i mean we know they want to earn someone's respect and they're willing to sacrifice their self for it <clears throat> yeah I, I get that i just i i wonder with the um that that was scene two where they they walked out right at Scroll the beginning at the end of scene one they walked out oh it was end of scene one so then scene two they do stuff scene three they're building the gear they're getting the stuff ready they're ready to go on the away team does the captain go back to the quarters before they go on the away team or would they keep the momentum going and just say, look, we got to get this mission done. I, I would ramp the drama up that their partner is like, prove your love to me and don't go on these deadly missions. That's why you have a first officer. Ooh. Or Ooh. if you go on this, I'm gone. That's dirty. I'm getting the surgery. Yeah, but that's what makes it good is you have to have those NPCs that are totally make no sense. And yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, but <laughs> if that, if that scene in sick bay, set them so firmly on their course then yeah sure it would make sense maybe they maybe they catch up to the captain in the transporter room getting ready to beam back to the ship um or maybe they just step right onto the bridge and have it out in front of everybody Yee. well here's the thing right in, in scenes like this this is the point <clears throat> you gotta like really push it and this is where backstory comes in and this is why i say this if you were to just have this argument impromptu on this episode, people would be like, I don't understand why this character is acting, overreacting. <clears throat> what would have to happen in almost scene four is this character provides good argument to show how much this character has ignored them over the years. Mm -hmm. That It's like there's multiple times I asked you to stay here. I have children or, you know, like you actually have to show the dark side of the captain here a little bit. 
And that dark side is what makes the audience go, whoa, oh, okay. Even maybe that the captain is so strict and so anti about you doing anything to fix your vision impairment. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're a traditionalist. And I would put that as a value. We know we're building it as we go. So maybe the value would be added here, Jim, is about how this character is a hardliner about we're not blind, we're something. You know, like we mm-hmm. see the universe differently and that's the way I like it. Or, or something like our tradition gives us our vision or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I love yeah. that. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to write it here too. So our tradition gives us our vision. And this is, and and honestly, I'm going to tell you just, and this is, I'm repeating, I'm, a, I'm repeating what my deaf friends have told me, because as you know, I know American Sign Language, I have a lot of deaf friends. And for many deaf, deaf is not a disability to them. Mm-hmm. Deaf is their genetic pass on. That's who they are. And they can't envision or even desire a time to hear. They feel it would change their culture. So, mm-hmm. so this is very common. This is a true social thing. Wow. So honestly, if that if that argument, if 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 remember in scene four, um, if you challenge in Captain's log your values, you can get another point of momentum. Mm, okay. So, so I almost feel like scene four is this argument. Our tradition gives us our vision. Although he's not challenging it. He's holding firm to it. That's like, right. This is what I believe. But I, I guess. But, <clears throat> with, but at the cost of losing the relationship. Yeah, he would be challenging it because because he, because the, the, the risk is that he's losing a, a quarter of his uh, of his uh, of his family. And yeah. possibly all of them. Because of it, oh yeah, effect. Sure. This could, this could be a huge rift in the uh, in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so I think okay. what would happen is in this scene, um, you know, we would build the conflict of the captain's past, and maybe uh, maybe we find out that there's already been other Anar Anar who have left the relationship. So this isn't the first one, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we build someone of shattered relationships based on duty. And that's the flaw of this captain, which makes us love people, right? This is my love, <laughs> love right? The Captain right. Kirk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, and so the question is, you're the captain. Do they go on the mission or do they preserve their relationship? Oh, man. Do we roll on that? I guess, I mean, I'd, ha- I, I'd have to, I'd have to trust in the captain <clears throat> to do that. Like I, me personally, I would. Uh... I think we go to the yes, no table. Probability matrix. Oh man. <laughs> so 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 based off what we built about this, this is exciting. What's the probability that they choose to go on the mission where their where their talent comes in, unorthodox mathematics, or they send another crew member to go? Mm. Oh, this is such that, that's great drama though, right? That I mean this is and this is what we're near the end of uh, act two. So this is this is like a uh momentous situation right this is this is i i think it's probable based off how we're going to build up this character that they go on the mission or do you think it's highly so but 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 if we're if we're if we're framing it to where their partner says if you go i'm gone then it's 
Well, I mean, I guess you look at it either way. It's either highly probable, or I mean, it's either probable that he's right. going, or it's improbable that he's not going. I mean, it's the same thing. Right. Uh, okay. So, um, I think I think the captain would go. So you think it's probable? Okay. I think okay. I think I think given the circumstances, given that he's they've already lost a crew member, mm-hmm. they're confident that they're the only person who's got the mathematics to to do this right. They have limited time, and the entire mission could be compromise limited time um yeah gosh this is so hard this this is like the, this is the, great roll on the probability table probable or not probable everyone's waiting yeah. <laughs> probable just roll <laughs> so it's probable that they would go yeah and i rolled uh where's my dice i rolled a seven and that that is a yes they went they go so there's there's the scene yes the captain says uh okay well, if you're, gonna, you're gonna if you're gonna slap me with the ultimatum i mean whatever uh i mean that, this is gonna be a heck of a heck of a scene to write but uh they're like then i gotta go i gotta look go at look screen. at what i wrote in here Ooh, snap! <laughs> you are more yeah. blind than i could ever have uh and then all of a sudden the doors close right uh oh man this is good. Yeah, they I love this, Captain. Oh, this, this has to be on the transporter room. Uh-huh. The captain beams away, and and the partners, the last thing they see before they uh, fade to. Well, last thing they sense. Remember the captain. Uh, last blind. thing they sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the captain's blind. Oh snap! Okay, they're back going on this away mission now. All right. I think this is the point because we're getting to the end of Act Scene Five. We've got to really show what this inept person does with the fleet formations, right? So, so is it possible that this inept person signals the enemy fleet that they're installing this? That they're actually, they're actually, oops, we have to make it bad, Jim. There's no way of avoiding that. We got to make it bad at that scene too. So this inept person regarding fleet formations, do they reveal what they're doing? Their little insidious thing reveal to the enemy what's going on. Well, you say insidious. I, I still, I don't, I don't think. Okay, not insidious. You're just, right. You're right. They're just, inept. They just, they just they just bugger it up. So I think um, maybe they uh, maybe they do the initial install and accidentally broadcast instead of. Um, you know something else, or, or they broadcast too early, oh. and uh, um, yes. a, a patrolling enemy ship picks it up and like, hey, wait a minute, what's this? <laughs> okay, I think that's highly probable. Yeah, don't you? Okay, so yeah. let's roll on the highly probable that inept so, signal so, uh, alerts other fleet. Yeah, so we're just going to assume we, we don't need to roll uh, a, a task here to to see if the inept character fails or not. They're just we're we're just establishing they've made a mistake. That something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's highly probable that the adversary has been tipped off to what might be going on here. So yep. we're going to say that's highly probable. Mm-hmm. And I rolled a uh, 17. So yes, uh, the uh, <laughs> okay, the other fleet has been <laughs> alerted to uh, okay. something that's going on so, at this moment. <clears throat> so how I would see the scene ending, I, I and you tell me what you think. I would not, like, I would see them working on it and the captain looks stressed out. <clears throat> You know, there's maybe a conversation going on with the EXO or whoever joined on the mission. Like, are you going to be okay, Captain? You know, they're having this side conversation while they're doing their unorthodox mathematics. 
you have the other person, the inept person who's working on whatever anti-sensory fields that the other fleets don't detect what they're doing until they're way off the comet. But boop, they do something wrong. Maybe the <laughs> deck, they didn't calibrate for decions. And of course, what's cool about the scene is they're all actually in life support belts and not EVA suits, which is totally hot. <laughs> which looks totally hot, right? So, cool. so right. And so what would happen is I'd kind of have, you know, like all of a sudden a different color button going off on whatever they're doing in red, but no one really notices it. And then you zoom away from the comet. You move away from the ship, you know, the USS Saratoga, you go through an orc cloud, you move through a slight of a nebula, and then you have the enemy armada over there start detecting <laughs> that something's going on and it's coming toward their border. Right. And that's where I would end the scene. Yeah. Well, I think I would, I would, you could, do, you could do that. I could also, you could also end the scene with um, the ship picking up the signal and going, hey, wait a minute, we're broadcasting. We should, we're not supposed to be broadcasting. We're supposed to be receiving. And uh, what, what did we do wrong? Wouldn't that be act? Wouldn't that be act three, scene one? Sure, that could be act three, scene one. Right, no, that right. works. That works. You're, you're right. right. Let, let's get the cool pullback and mm -hmm. the cool, you know, CGI shot of the ships in the yep. wherever they are. And then, so that's setting the audience up to go, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and then, and, and then mm -hmm. act three, scene one is the opportunity for the crew to go, oh. Oh, crap. <laughs> well, and imagine, you know, with the enemy vessels, the minute they start picking up that Federation signal, they look at the comet, they may pick up the Deckions, they notice the comet is coming into their territory, and they may be actually thinking the Federation is building a super weapon. Mm. Yikes. So their paranoia is might quite justified here. This was supposed to be a clandestine patrol mission doing some sensors, some science thing, and it's being taken the wrong way by these other aliens. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, my heart just broke because I accidentally almost wrote the final scene and my heart's breaking, but I'm not going to talk about it yet. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about it yet. Anybody who knows my riff, you'll know where I'm going with this. Oh, boy. Okay. So what do you think is act three scene? What, oh, you're saying, do they detect that this? No, we have to roll to see if the ship detects that the, the other signal is out there, Jim. Yeah, we, have to, we have to determine who gets the first hit here. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so that what would that be? Comms plus security. Well, we're 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 trying to detect, right? To see if to see if the USS Saratoga catches the inept crew member's mistake or not. Oh, okay. I'd call that probably um, comms and security, or, or sensors and. Uh... Well, it's con it's a signal, right? That's being detected by other people. Oh, okay, that's fair. So, comms and uh, I don't know, comms and engineering. Yeah, that's fine too. Let's do it. Comms right, and so engineering. That's a, that's a twelve. Uh, and we don't have any talents that really help us. No, we still have a momentum left over. Remember, you have a momentum. <clears throat> so difficulty is uh, our, our target number is twelve. All right, so I rolled a 15 and a 4. So that was a success. Okay. All right, so in this scene, uh, inept crew members goof revealed. What would Which, the captain do about that? Um, that would be scene two, right? Act three, scene two. Yeah, I mean, just... Uh remedy the situation and then do everything <laughs> everything possible to finish the stupid mission right just get the thing installed in the right place at the right time so this would be uh um 
would be a task, right? It, it would be. Well, I have to ask something too. We have this hostile entity. Yeah. We have to, does the hostile entity try to modify its attack? Certainly. Right. It would, it would try to break through the, the personal force field. Yeah. So I, I think we need to, to roll something on that. Right. Yeah. So, so would this be the captain? Like, would this be a structure plus security role for the crew to determine how good their invention is? Should we roll on the probability matrix? Roll on a complication just for fun? This is act three. Complication to what? To, to see if the force field holds? Um, I just like rolling random complications and weaving them into the story. That's what creates the random factor of, of a good mission. Oh, right. Okay. Right? You want to just roll on a complication? Sure. Let me find that page. It's act three, so I love freaking people out. So you're on page uh, 269. 269. Sorry, I was almost there. And notice, I want people to notice, you don't have to wait to roll a complication. To me, when things start getting a little boring, and you just need to fire it up toward that last act. I just roll random complication and threat just for fun. And then make my characters bury, get themselves out of it. All right. So random complication was a random fail. Was a what? Random failure. <gasps> <laughs> Everyone, come on, Jim. You know exactly what I'm thinking. What am I thinking? I'm thinking that the life support don't work so good. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that that ancient technology just shorted out or uh, or okay. flickered or. Uh... So a decion pulse is time related. So maybe the creature was smart enough to say, "Let me advance time so that the power on the belts goes down faster than normal time." Yeah, or or uh, yeah, and there's that, but maybe uh, maybe the the hostile life form, in the comet tail for so long, they have a pretty good uh, understanding of how to manipulate decions. Maybe they can manipulate time so that they can, um, like, presumably, you know, the personal force field cycles every you know thirty nanoseconds or something. And they can just manipulate the decion so they can just slip right into the into the force field in that in that infinitesimal span of time that can be like an eternity. Oh, of makes them. sense. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So now they're kind of under attack. Okay. Now this is good because where I'm seeing this going now, Jim, is this: we know that ships cannot transport while their shields are up. Right. So there's no better time for the alien fleet to attack, presuming or or at least start coming in and toward the zone. So there has to be a time factor, like you said, where there's a threat that makes the ship have to determine to defend itself, cap get the captain, maybe the decions prevent transport while they're under attack. We have a momentum sitting there still, right? But we're in act two, scene two. So in act scene one, goof revealed, scene two, they come under attack from these creatures. Mm-hmm. Scene three, the enemies have to take action. Who oh, yeah. who feel that they're being threatened, right? Yeah, and I think their action would be, let's go check it out. Yeah. And I don't think they'd be here that quick though, right? They were some distance away. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, so I think the um the hostile life forms have an opportunity to attack while the captain is trying to install the sensor palette and and uh, complete the mission. Okay, so should we make this an automatic? Here's the thing. <clears throat> we can make it an automatic. You require two successes, and you still have a momentum to re-roll a dice. Yeah, I'm okay with that. 
You want to do that? Okay. So let, let's see if the captain can get it done. What skills are they using? Uh, this would have to be um, uh, all, all pressure being what it is. I, I'd have to say this is probably like control plus science. Okay. Um, let me ask. Yeah, I think so. Can I ask you, should this be scene four though? Um, no, it should be seen too because he's going to, or the the captain's <clears throat> going to attempt it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we've got this random failure. Oh no, the random. Well, failure. they're under attack. Yeah, they're under attack. Under attack. So, I almost feel that they first have to stabilize the life support belt. Yeah. Okay. Or All does right. the hostile life form attack? Like, are they we? Do. In, are we in a they... combat situation, or are we? Yeah, but remember how that works in um, Captain's Log is therefore the Captain rolls. If they succeed, the other entity takes a hit. If they fail, then they take some damn, you know, they take a hit. So really, let's determine what action the Captain needs to do in this case, like, you know, fitness and security or something mm. to, to defend. You want to roll fitness plus security? Uh, yeah, and since I haven't defined it yet, I'll make security my... Uh... Um, next defined discipline there you go and which, which what makes rank it, makes it a three three mm -hmm. yeah yep. so All fitness right. is seven security is three so my target number is uh 10 and is I this have... diff two or diff one um, can we decide for the sake of uh suspense well, I don't know. fighting uh fighting a uh a liquid <laughs> alien life form that can, oh i could see it coming out too oh that's like awesome. decions, i think this oh. is really difficulty too okay and you have a momentum so hopefully you could re-roll all right uh -huh. well, I, I rolled a i rolled a three mm. and uh 12 so i'm going to spend that momentum to re-roll <laughs> the 12 exactly you can re-roll the 12 now yep and i got a um i got a five <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I, the captain successfully manages to uh, uh, evade the attack or avoid or push away the liquid hostile life form, whatever. Mm -hmm. Should um, we roll a 50 50 off it if any of the away team members are injured or not? Or just, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, let's do 50 50 on away so let's team. Do, let's say there's what four you need injured, four, other, four others on the away team, including some security goons. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's go to the probability matrix here. Oh wait, we don't have to do 50 50. Yeah. Okay, so uh uh number one is injured, number two is okay, number three is injured, number four is okay. So two injured, two okay. And Ooh. whether they're killed or not, I think we could just figure that out later. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. We can do More that casualties. later. Cool. So this fight is going on. Um the ship is tracking the enemy or it's now aware that uh, a message went out. And now the enemy fleet in scene three or ship fleet, whatever, somehow becomes acknowledged as a threat. Because again, we're in act three, scene three. We're getting close to the end here. So is this a diplomatic situation or is this uh, they're firing off torpedoes at this what they perceive to be a weapon because they're not sure what these signals, you know, it's getting? Oh gosh. Well, the captain does have diplomacy as a focus. So I think, um, it, are we acknowledging that the mission's a bust or are they going to try to complete it by installing the sensor palette? 
that's kind of fun i like busted missions first of all i love when people fail that's like real life but (laughs) but uh it seems to me like they're gonna have to prove it's not a weapon and they were doing just simple scientific surveying right right and they could probably finesse that because he is a science focused i mean the captain science focused and uh the majority of the sensor palette looks like science stuff so this is a collaborative game. So maybe this is the case where the EXO, who's still on the bridge, actually has to roll the diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Sound right? Yeah. In, in fact, right. yeah. So so this could be the 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 adversary fleet is moving toward us, and uh, the the EXO needs to because the captain's in the middle of a fight, too busy. Exactly. It's, it's it's on you to be doing the diplomat the, the diplomatic angle. Yep. Okay. So in this case, EXO does diplomacy. We have no a momentum or anything. And right. so this is going to be, I haven't even struck up my command score yet. So my command score is going to come at up at three at this point. Um and I'm not going to create a focus at this point. I don't want. I don't want my EXO to be big on diplomacy. That's not what they're here for. They okay. were on a. Eva- the only thing they have is evacuations procedure so far. So uh, they're going to go ahead and this would be presence plus command, uh, presence plus command, which means I need to get a twelve. Go ahead and roll for, for us, Jim. Roll for you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. sure? Yeah. I'm. I'm All busy right. typing. All right. Uh, let's see. I got a. I got a, I got a fifteen and an eighteen. So oh no! This is fail. great. I love failure. We're <laughs> under attack. This is great. Oh good. Oh, this is awesome. I love Exo stuff says, like this. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, wow, no. they don't believe. So Act Three, Scene Three. Okay, this is great because that means Act Four, Jim, is time sensitive. We're about to come under attack, and we're viewed as hostile. With this weird comet Decion thing that the aliens have no idea why our ship is over there corralling it to come into their system and they can't get good readings on it because of its weird energies, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is great. Okay, so act three, scene four. Is it evacuating, doing the sensors or evacuating back to the ship to hustle out scene five? I mean, what is it? I think the the costs that the captain has already paid to get to this point, I think they would be determined to at least try to finish installing this stupid sensor palette. <laughs> well, it's good because you only need to roll a one success based off everything we've done so far, right? Right. Whew. Oh, and did we did we use our lucky? Oh, we did use our wait. Did we use our lucky circumstances? We have not yet? used our lucky circumstances. Oh, yet. oh. this so is we, it. Okay, we do have that. Okay, Decions. This is where Decions come in. With Decions, if you do it right with unorthodox mathematics, you actually have all the time in the world. Which, if I can be a good writer real quick. Can we tie into that and reset the clock? That and it doesn't apply to relationships, unfortunately, which will make an amazing scene five. Well, it could. Oh! (laughs) Depending on depending on what depending on what angle we want to take, it could. But okay, let's let's let's, okay. let's let's see if we can install it first. So okay. That's going to be um, it, it's got to be control and science again. No, this has to be daring plus okay. science. It has to be because, because you're doing something. 
Yeah, and and you're doing something with Decions to give you more time to okay. create a little bubble for you to work in to resolve yeah. the situation. Okay, that's fair. Oh, so wow. the, the so the target number is 12. Okay. Let's right. hope you get it. Yeah, let's see. All right, let's go see what we got here. I got a 1 and a 9. Oh, nice. <laughs> Woo! So you got momentum. <laughs> Do you want to generate your advantage now for the benefit of the story in scene four? Uh, gosh, or do I do I fold that momentum in with the lucky break? Um, that was the lucky break. You you spent the lucky break coming up with the decian solution. Oh yeah 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 okay. M make a note that we broke through the decian thingy. Whatever. Yeah yeah. So we'll say reworked decians to buy more time. And let's see, I could do an advantage or spend the momentum, right? Oops, I lost. Where's the advantage? 280. Mm -hmm. 269. 269. That or you could write it into narrative. Remember, you could say the advantage is you somehow reset the situation with your partner. Ooh, is that even ethical? Sure. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, that, that's a great, great question. Great conversation for, for that. Let's make that happen by fiat. I'll uh, I reworked the Decaeons to to buy the time to change the time. Now, the captain would be the only one who knew it, though, right? But buy time to do what? Well, so so they they successfully install the sensors the sensor array that is the lucky break that we were that they are able to control time to to that they can they can pull it back to before the inept crew member sent off the or even to back maybe even back to the beginning of the mission right so so everything that hap everything that happens significantly in the mission didn't happen but the captain knows everything that happened or could have happened um and, and real and realizes i need to make some dramatic changes to to me otherwise i know what the consequences are, are so going so encourage them to have the surgery on the eyes um not have the argument Yes, this is this. So there's two ways we could go. I mean, there's any number of ways we could go about it. What I'm thinking is, is we do a we do a soft reset, right? And so 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 the thing is, the mission is successful because he successfully installs the um or they sorry they successfully install the sensor pallet, but nobody got killed. There was no big blow up with the partner. The the adversary fleet doesn't know what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. um, left the, the inept captain, crew member. Let he worked, told the crew, inept crew member, "Don't do this. Do that." Yep. Okay. Um, and and so at the end, so the the closing scene then would be the captain having dinner with their partner, saying, "Hey, this is really really hard for me, but I want to revisit our conversation about you pursuing the ocular implants." And why it's important to me that you don't do it, but I'm starting to understand why it's important to you that you do do it. And it could be a really hard character thing. This would be a case where where they're probably um, going to be rewriting that value. Wow, I love that. I love I, the fact that you worked the value in that way. They had to challenge it early on, 
<clears throat> risk their relationship and in the end go back have a more smoother mission and they're having this better conversation with their partner that's yeah. a chance many people don't get right right so that so that's the angle i was thinking that we would take on this the other option <laughs> if you want the real the real you know tearjerker dark horrible story is that the closing scene would be everything happened the way it happened you know we we managed to finesse getting the fleet to go away but the closing scene is is the partner getting in a shuttle and taking off and that's the end of that story right i think i think that would be certainly dramatic i, I think the, that the would reason... be the easy way out well, see, I the think... reason I like that is this, though. Which one? The last I, one? I The reason I like the last one is this. So he could work, because he's into science and mission, he could work to save the ship, but he couldn't work to save the relationship, which is out of science. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think if this was a one-off, uh, I might lean toward that one. But if I want to continue the story, I would I would want that extra angle of i mean i guess it's almost now that i think about it it's, it's almost like pike knowing something from his future that he can't really do anything about but it's there yeah right and now he, you know the captain's been given a new fresh insight into his into their partner that oh the partner's willing to go all the way yeah and, and am i so intransigent <laughs> that <laughs> I, I won't Right. So this is a this is a real big I think this is a stronger character building moment for the captain than just letting the partner go off. Because I like that. Yeah. I know. So and I like that. Too. I think I think it would make the people watching it love and it's humility, which we don't see a lot of in character sometimes, <clears throat> where we see that humility where they recognize, man, I got a second chance. Let me take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it is it's, it is humility because the captain's like, I totally effed up. Mm hmm. Yeah. And and I have a second chance, and and that's super empathic, right? Because like, how many of us get a second chance to do something? Correct, right? Like you normally don't, right? Like you make your mistakes and you live with it, and and then you move on. Like we don't get a chance to go back and get a do over under most circumstances, <laughs> even though some of us would really love to have a do over on certain certain circumstances, but we don't get that chance because that's life. We're linear. This is this was his opportunity to go outside that, lin yes. that linear existence and 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 realize that he can learn from this like and that's a character moment yeah it's almost like the tile would be love outside the lines or something you know something something has to be a double meaning <clears throat> to yeah. it on it yeah. plus they're 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 indorians or anar okay everybody i hope you watch what we did that was a long episode <laughs> no it was, but it was but no this episode it, we did it about an hour because we were talking for yeah. a while so in in an hour we actually outlined a story and actually i could take this right here and i could write an episode off of this mm -hmm. right easily. um yeah easily in dialogue and that and then again notice how you have to create flaws in your character to make a story matter all the science in the world doesn't matter it's the b story and then the b story and the a story intersecting at the end is sometimes the most beautiful thing you could do there's meaning in both right yeah that was cool. That was cool, Jim. Good job, USS Saratoga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and not to not to riff and not to not to drag this out and not to riff too further. But I, I had a moment while we were working through it that maybe possibly the uh, the ancient uh, the ancient technology thing might have tied into the fact that the captain's partner was a scholar, 
and maybe maybe somehow the potential solution was in the partner and then there had to be some sort of way to fold that in but maybe that might have been too much no but no i, think, I, I, think it I love that the way it did in fact because they're a scholar what i would have done if i was really writing this as an episode or a novel I would have used that character to help delve more into the Anar, their philosophies, their culture, the history, the feeling about being blind, the cult, like they would have been the one of the preeminent of their or of their civilization so that you understand that the captain's not dealing with someone who's just some hurt lover, that this is a person who is seeing the evolution of the culture and is trying to be forward thinking on it. Yep. That would create a lot of new, so that would be create very similar social impact to what we see going on in the world right now. So this person would be like, I'm thinking when I think of a character level compared to Star Trek that we see, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking of like a Sarek or, you know, this person would, would be the one you'd see come back in future episodes. Absolutely. That would be like, no, this is the cultural ambassador for the ANR for the Federation. Mm, something like that yeah that heavy of a so this captain's out there exploring the galaxy and putting starfleet before family and this person is more concerned about the heritage of their people mm. and the evolution of their species and, and being progressive yeah absolutely that would be a, a fascinating character i could just see them regal in robes and mm. and you know you want to just learn more about their relationship over the past i would i would dig them in deep yeah and, and that's a lot of great opportunity for world world building and culture building and uh, yeah. and getting deep into the Anar and into the Andorians and what makes them tick and all the complications around that. Yeah, and I would pivot the Exo, who's a Talaxian. Of course, we know Talaxians have gone through a lot. They've had to adapt a lot in order to survive. And I would have a lot of deep conversations between the captain and the Exo and other characters who actually love the scholar characters. Like, let them do what they want. And the doctor being like, you have to give people their rights. Mm-hmm. you know and, and like that would be a whole juxtaposition the tradition yeah and, and the thing is and isn't that true when you're at work sometimes you're thinking about your relationship so he's out there on a comet trying to do the sensitive operation and yet there's all this drama and emotion going on around them that's real life that's yeah absolutely yeah and he's trying to be you know he's trying in fact unorthodox mathematics might be the name of the episode jim <laughs> <laughs> Because it would apply also to relationships, right? It does. You, you can make it work. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, everyone. There you go. So we've had lessons learned playing Captain's Log, how best to play it to get through it. That would have been an hour of me sitting around just bullet pointing. But do you notice I have the story? We have the story. We have the narrative in mind. We went through and rolled through all the challenges. And now we would go back up and fill it all in. So that's my preferred way of play now, actually. And it's even more fun doing with a friend because you're both building a story. And I think that's this is just a cool way to sit around a fire and tell stories. <laughs> you know? and, and, and admittedly, this is this is uh, this is. Um... Not, not that I didn't have fun doing it the other way, but this is way more fulfilling because we actually finished it. In, Correct. You know, hour and change, we finished it. We didn't have a two month gap. We didn't have to, you know, go through all the right. all the cycles. It's like, oh, we have a we have a complete finished episode outline. If mm-hmm. we were if we were in a writer's room, we'd have the complete beat outline done on the wall. It's like it's, it's ready to go right. We can go yeah. to our our computer now and go write the script. And, That's right. And, Hack out the hack out the draft. We're we're we've got a full blown story here. We can clean up the details later, but uh, exactly we've got it. We got the beginning, the middle, the end. That's cool. That's so cool. Okay, so in future episodes of the USS Saratoga, I think that that's where what we're gonna kind of do, Jim. 
is we're just going to do it this way. And I, I got to say another thing that we did, which makes me so happy. We didn't fire a phaser. And though there was a potential for ship to ship battle, there was none. And it wasn't needed to create suspense in this, in this show. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And uh, we have an opportunity. We can kind of play with what, what did that combat with the, the liquid life form look like? Yeah. Penetrate the, the personal force field that we can have some fun with that. Yeah, we brought in a trope. We brought in some tropes. We brought in the trope of the life belt, right, which is an old style technology and the trope of the the alien entity. So we really made it Trekkie that way, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. And this was a patrol game. Our mission on this one was just simple setting up sensors for patrol. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was awesome. Okay. It would, be, it would be super easy to turn this into a mission brief because <laughs> exactly. all the pieces are there. You're right. So easy. or or we could even blow it out into a into a, a full blown mission, but uh, we don't yeah. need. To. I mean, this this is just how you do. You go through Captain's Log, uh, but I, I like this. Uh, I like this format. I think uh, I'd like to explore this again. Okay, we will. We will definitely more adventures of the USS Saratoga. I want to encourage people too. If you saw, um, if you're playing a game, sometimes it's hard to get characters, meaning player characters, to have conflict that's as riveting. The power of the NPC is having an NPC come on and misbehave, take an extreme view. And hopefully you can make it so it's a view that challenges some people's values, but not everyone's values. So maybe you get, then you get the conflict between the crew discussing stuff. So I really, I in my game, we really use a strong NPC in every single story. Um, and so this shows you create a strong NPC um, to really get your player characters engaged. Okay, cool. Time for gratitude. Um, my gratitude is going to go, um, again, thinking about Captain's Log. Um, if you go on to continuing missions and you type in Captain's Log Zine, Z-I-N-E, you're going to see um, some fantastic tools that people have been building so that you can better track and journal your games. So some sheets some people have done that they've used, that they've shared. So again, go on to continuing missions, type in captain's log and take a look at some of these cool sheets um, just for note taking. So you saw me taking notes today. They actually have better looking notes. If you were watching the video, I, I was sharing screen the whole time, but they have other note-taking tool, tools there that can enhance your game. So thank you. Um, this this comes from somebody who's called That Walsh Guy. They have a website um, where they do all kinds of different cool RPG stuff, but That Walsh Guy's website um, provides those tools. So thank you, super fans, for doing that. How about you, Jim? Take us out. Uh, yeah, I want to thank um, everybody who's been uh, publishing Captain's Log Stories. Captain's Log reviews uh, on social media, all the different kinds of social media. Uh, even now, four months after the book is uh, or the game is released, uh, it's we're still getting coverage and still getting press and still getting lots of fans out there playing the game, enjoying the game, etc. Uh, by the time this airs, I'm guessing this is we're going to be December. -ish? Yeah, this is going to air end of this is going to end uh, end of November. This layer. Okay, so by the time this airs. I think the reprint will be very close to hitting American shores. I'm not sure about the timing because it's still a little squishy right now because of the boat. Um, but uh, the the reprint, uh, you can go, you know, pre-order the reprint. Uh, so it's available again for sale. Um, but uh, I'm just, I'm gratified uh, to everybody who's been continuing to post reviews and, and actual plays, right? Especially the actual plays because people are clearly still playing this game, enjoying it, digging it, finding new ways to play with it finding new tools to add to it to, to even expand the scope of it, like you were talking about earlier. 
so thanks to all them and then of course thanks to the fans uh, like uh, of course we wouldn't have made this game without you we wouldn't be continuing star trek adventures without you so gratitude to the fans and how supportive they are of each other i say it all the time but it never hurts to repeat it because i see it every week on the facebook group on the reddit on the discord etc new fans are coming into this game every day and not just captain's log but star trek adventures and it's super gratifying to see conversations happening independently of anybody from Modiphius, you know, sticking their nose into it. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you all um, being along for the ride. All right. Fantastic. Until next time, IDIC. Live long and prosper. Be safe. Be well. We'll talk to you all next time.